Hello everyone and welcome back to Podfix by KB Stories. My name is Jess and today I'll be reading you a story I originally wrote for Pride Month 2021. It's called Pink Lavender Blue. But before we start, I wanted to say sorry for not recording in a while. I actually meant to record something I think a week ago or something, but then I got sick and my voice was wrecked, you know. And I figured I wouldn't even try <laughs> just because it would have um, really made me hoarse. Also, I've been on kind of a Zine crunch for the past two and a half months. Um, the reason for that is a Zine called Invictus, which means undefeated. It's a Zine about Kiribaku and their scars. Um, it's currently on pre-orders if you want to check it out. Um, I don't know if I can link anything on Spotify, but I just wanted to um, yeah, spread the word a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's part of, also part of the reason why I couldn't record anything for a while, but I'm back and I'd say let's just jump into it. So this one shot is tagged for general audiences. There are no archive warnings, so you know it's going to be another soft one. It's a tagged MM because it's another Bakugo Katsuki Kirishimai Jiro story for My Hero Academia. Um, aside from Kiribaku, uh, the tag characters is class 1A. And the additional tags read as follow, feelings realization, getting together, bisexual Kirishima Ijiro, asexual Bakugo Katsuki, fluff and hurt comfort, Bakugo Katsuki is good at feelings, Kirishima Ijiro needs a hug, and he gets one, coming out, and in which Kiri is a baby bi and trying his best. So um, this story is almost 5,000 words long. So I hope this episode is not like an hour long because that means that I talked for like 30 minutes afterwards. But yeah, this fic is titled Pink Lavender Blue by KB Stories and the summary goes as follows. Kirishima's heart had pounded once, a solid beat, when he fell to the tips of his fingers. His stomach swooped like he missed a step or five, that flutter of adrenaline following afterwards even though they were just chilling on Kirishima's bed like they did every Tuesday, sharing space, surrounded by their current homework in the form of worksheets and books. Oh, Kirishima had thought, it does feel like falling, because the day he realized he is bisexual was the day he fell in love with Bakugo Katsuki. In which realization strikes, Kirishima has some stuff to process and Bakugo loves him a lot. Kirishima Ijiro remembers the exact moment he realized he is bisexual. He remembers because it was the same moment he looked over the last syllable of a throwaway joke on his lips, and saw a genuine smile dawn on Bakugo's face like a shot-by-shot montage in a movie. The pinch to Bakugo's eyebrows, disbelieving, pretending to be annoyed. The corners of his mouth trembling, twitching upwards, then a snort. The fuck shitty hair, Bakugo had said and laughed. That's stupid. It really is, Kirishima should have replied. When Bakugo had leaned over to shove at him, rough and affectionate, he should have shoved him back, demanded from him to admit that it was at least a little funny, laughing too. Yet Kirishima's heart had pounded once, a solid beat, when he fell to the tips of his fingers. His stomach swooped like he missed a step or five, that flutter of adrenaline following afterwards, even though they were just chilling on Kirishima's bed like they did every Tuesday, sharing space, surrounded by their current homework in the form of worksheets and books. Oh, Kirishima had thought, it really does feel like falling, because the day he realized he is bisexual was the day he fell in love with Bakugo Katsuki. Kirishima doesn't remember what he ended up doing that day. It must have been a smooth save on his part, 
Bakugo didn't mention anything amiss, and he's not one to mince his words with stuff like that. Suddenly, Kirishima is incredibly aware of everything Bakugo does. Every smirk-heavy one-liner, every rude gesture, every scoff and cackle makes his chest feel warm and tight, makes his pulse race in his veins. Crushes had been a thing for Kirishima in the past, but never with guys, and never like this, intense and in his face. Kind of like Bakugo himself, actually. And Kirishima loves his bro, has loved him before he even knew he loved loved him too. But this is a lot. A lot to process, a lot to think and redefine about himself, about instances in his past that make sense now. So much sense. Kirishima doesn't dislike being bi. His mom's raised him to accept and love people no matter who they like or how they relate to themselves and their bodies. They taught him to love himself in the same way. It's not their fault his anxiety tends to get in the way of that. That the confidence he desperately wants to make his own, once and for all, is like a sandcastle built too close to the shoreline, washed away when the tides are at their highest point. Like the times his quirk has crumbled in his hands. Like the night Bakugo sits Kirishima down and tells him, I think I like you. Words steady even if his hands aren't, fidgeting in his lap as his knee bounces with X's energy. Dunno, I don't do this kind of shit. I barely do friends really, but I want this. I want to be more than that if it's you. If, if you want that too. That night, Kirishima can't say, I think I like you too. The words get stuck in his throat between one nervous heartbeat and the next. Kirishima reaches for Bakugo, grabs one of those fidgeting hands in a clumsy one of his own, and squeezes their palms together until he can feel Bakugo's pulse race just like his. Okay, Kirishima says instead, lips pulling into a smile far more bold than he feels on the inside. Okay, let's try. Bakugo blinks, frowns, looks away, flustered. Glances back and smiles. Yeah, let's. And that is that. They don't talk about their relationship that night. Those first few days, more than friends, is enough for them. Taking it slow doesn't come naturally to either one of them in any other aspect of their life. Kirishima knows he loves Bakugo, knows he likes boys now too, but only one of those things fell into place immediately, and the other needs time to settle, not quite right on his skin yet. When he asks Bakugo if they can get used to it in private at first, Bakugo shrugs. Sure, ain't one for mushy shit in public anyway. They don't talk about it with their friends or their class either, although it's safe to say the entire squad is some form of queer, and most of 1A is too. It never comes up much, for one. Inside jokes about not being able to drive and move, bitch, I'm gay, don't count, Kirishima rationalizes. It would be weird to add it to it himself, when only Bakugo is aware he's not straight. Kirishima collects a variety of buttons with pride flags on them on his backpack, one for each of his friends. The lesbian one for Ashiro, the pansexual colors for Kaminari and Jiro, rainbow and ace buttons for Bakugo, the agender and trans flags for Sero, and the pink, lavender blue that is him now. If asked, Kirishima would say it's for Midoriya and his moms. It wouldn't even be a lie. The button was there before Kirishima's burst of Bakugo-induced self-realization. But no one in 1A asks. The rainbow of colors brings a wordless smile to his classmates' faces most days, sometimes an excited comment of, hey, that's me, with a finger tapping the respective button. It's fine. Kirishima isn't sure he could have handled the question without just blurting out the full story. And then it would exist outside of his head, and that's... It's a lot to imagine that happening, so it's good it doesn't. Like, how can he just put that out there without knowing anything about his own sexuality? What if the questions do come and Kirishima can't provide an immediate answer or find the right words to describe what he feels? 
then it'll look like he's pretending to be something he isn't, and seeing that suspicion bloom in the eyes of his friends and classmates, it has the potential to break him. In that case, it's far better to say nothing at all, until he can do right by himself, by people like him, loud and strong and proud about their identities like his moms are, like his classmates are, like his friends are. Maybe this being bi thing is something Kirishima has to grow into then, to be worthy of flying those colors for his own sake, to openly claim them as his. It's like his quirk in that way, something that's a part of him but not fully there yet until he's gone through the motions a thousand times, put the work in, made it instinctual, second nature. It's a challenge, and lacking confidence or not, Kirishima never backs down from a challenge. Yeah, that must be how it is. Oi, Riot, look. It's a mid-June weekend, with summer's bright colors and t-shirt weather having officially come to stay, that Bakugo boops Kirishima's nose with his phone to get his attention, impatient as always. Head pillowed on Bakugo's stomach, Kirishima makes an inquisitive noise as he looks up from his idle scroll through Twitter. Showing him his screen, Bakugo announces, It's you. Kirishima can already hear the teasing edge to Bakugo's voice, can imagine the smugness that'll be leveled at him the instant Kirishima's expression shifts in reaction to whatever clumsy yet cute dog video Bakugo has dug up from the depths of the internet this time around. Then Kirishima actually looks, and he sees... A cartoon shark flashing its sharp teeth in a big smile, a little bi-flag held between its jaws. Don't worry, I don't bite, the picture says in the typical blocky meme font the bi and bite matching the color of the flag. They're outside, lazying around on Bakugo's balcony to enjoy the sun. It's the middle of Pride Month, so Kirishima's timeline has turned into a kaleidoscope of posts featuring fictional characters, animals, plants, inanimate objects, anything really, dressed in rainbow colors, and wishing everyone a good time for the two weeks yet to come. He hasn't found a bi shark one, though. He would have probably made the same comment if he had, just to see Bakugo scoff and roll his eyes, undeniably fond. It's perfect. Objectively, Bakugo couldn't have found a better image for him. And he couldn't have known that all of June, Kirishima has been feeling more and more like he's suffocating with every tweet he scrolls past, purposefully unseen and ignored. A pressure has been building and building within him, one he has managed to semi-successfully block out, until he looks at Bakugo's perfect cartoon shark, and it all comes bubbling up. Kiri? He notices a second too late that he's gone stiff, that there are tears rising to his eyes, stinging and uncomfortably hot, where they gather along the waterline. I'm okay, Kirishima states before he does anything else, rushed. It's okay, don't, don't worry. It gets to him, the way Bakugo's whole expression dims as he lowers his phone. His brows push together to the point where there's a groove of concern between them. Looking so caught off guard and confused, it makes Kirishima's whole chest twist with guilt. Ever since they'd gotten together, Bakugo has been trying so hard, testing his boundaries, pushing himself to say things out loud that would have remained stuck between the lines in the past, reaching out to hold hands while they binge-watch their favorite anime, letting Kirishima use him as a pillow while they study or hang out. Physical touch is just so grounding and nice, and leaning on Bakugo is so very comfortable. Kirishima has tried meeting Bakugo in the middle with that, has tried just as hard, a million thoughts have been swirling in his head all month long, though, and now he's crying over nothing at all. Gods, Bakugo just wanted to make him happy. It's okay, Kirishima repeats, even though nothing feels okay right now, new and fragile and overwhelming. His breath hitches in his throat, tight and aching, with emotions refusing to be swallowed any longer. Sorry, fuck, I'm sorry, Katz. I swear it's... Stop. 
That one word rattles Kirishima like an earthquake, shaking him down to his foundations. Before he can collapse from the inside out, there is the careful touch of fingers carting through the short hairs at his nape, anchoring him in place. Just stop it, eh? Stop saying it's okay when it's not. Breathe, yeah? Whatever it is, we'll figure it out. Curling into Bakugo, Kirishima tries to hide how snotty and disgusting his face has become. Tries his best to nod and do as he's told. Breathe. Just breathe. Bakugo's arms come around his shoulders, pulling him into a hug. He hums tunelessly, a sound made to resonate from chest to chest. Pure comfort, no substance. Nothing to process but the steadfastness of Bakugo around him, and the warm breeze playing with the back of Kirishima's shirt. They stay like that until Kirishima has cried himself out, the fabric of Bakugo's top left hopelessly soaked. Sniffling, I'm sorry, he mumbles, though it'll only make Bakugo snap about cutting out on the apologies, too. It's fine, not your fault. Not yours either, thinks Kirishima automatically, lips pressed into a wobbly, unhappy smile. Sighing, he rubs at the wetness itching in the corners of his eyes. This is a mess. He is a mess. Thanks for the shark, bro. I love it. Bakugo sighs, too. Holding Kirishima steady against him, he shifts around, unfolding his legs and shaking them out like he's coaxing blood back into them before settling down once more. Forget the damn shark, bro. Talk to me. Pouting, Kirishima goes, It's a cute shark, though. Withering a little under Bakugo's near-immediate glare. I know, man. I know. It's... I've been in my head a lot, just thinking. About? Stuff? Nijiro. Kirishima winces. Sexuality stuff. Sitting up a little, he props his knees up, pulling them against his chest. Pride stuff. One of Bakugo's eyebrows twitches upwards at that. Ah. Hmm. Yeah. Kirishima's tongue is heavy, his mind blanking on how to describe what exactly set him off like this. Nothing specific. Everything at once. Still, it's Bakugo and him out here, just them under the open blue sky, tugging on the horn-like strands of his hair to feel the dry gel crunch between his fingertips. Kirishima admits, I don't think I'm enough, kinda? A sharp look from Bakugo. They've talked about Kirishima's self-worth issues dozens of times. This isn't that, right? Bisexual enough, I mean. Like, I didn't even realize I am bi until... The memory plays out in Kirishima's head, engraved in his mind for all eternity. Bakugo's laugh, the sensation of falling. Until you came along. I'm glad about that, by the way, that's not the problem. Bakugo seems to turn a bit pensive at that, his gaze going to an invisible, distant horizon before focusing back on Kirishima. We can kiss more if it helps. Dead serious. Even though they tried that and mutually decided it's a sometimes thing, not an everyday thing. Try out PDA and shit. Don't care what the extras think about it, they'll deal. I'm down to yell that you're mine from the fucking rooftops, whatever you need. It almost makes Kirishima tear up again, that point-blank devotion in Bakugo's voice. All for him. I don't know, Kirishima muses, shakes his head. If it'll help, that is. Cause it's not you, and it's not us, either. Bakugo quietly exhales at that, like he's relieved. Kirishima scoots closer to him, every inch of distance between them suddenly an unforgivable crime. I'm happy, okay? You make me happy, cuts. Being with you is the best part about all this. Bakugo visibly swallows. I... Eyes gone soft. A slow nod. Okay, I'm glad, and... Same. What is it then? Inhale, exhale. Kirishima stops bullying his own hair and squares his shoulders. No more running away. 
It's like, I see all those posts about Pride Month, and deep inside I go, I want that. I want my life to be like that. I want to plaster rainbows and bright colors everywhere and be in on the jokes. I want to shout the stuff so loud the entire world will hear it. Owning who you are is manly as hell, and I want... I want to be proud, too. Blinking away new tears, Kirishima cups that vulnerable truth against his heart before he lets go of it. And I want to come out, I think. To the squad, maybe? Definitely to my mom's. To the class, too, at some point. Because I tried not saying anything, and it kind of hurts to hold back all the time. And here we are. A shrug and joyless chuckle from Kirishima, a half-hearted huff, in return. Bakugo elbows Kirishima's knee, ridiculously gentle compared to their usual roughhousing. Idiot. You could have told me what's going on, you know. Preferably before a shitty shark meme pushed you over the edge. Yeah, right? Don't know how that didn't occur to me, like, I really can't tell you why. Didn't even realize I was feeling this stressed out about it until... Gesturing to his head, Kirishima imitates an explosion around his ears. <sighs> total meltdown. Acknowledging it feels good, even if Kirishima is still mildly embarrassed and not so mildly raw from completely losing it on Bakugo's shirt. For a beat, they don't say much at all, Kirishima sitting there with his chin propped on his knees, sniffling here and there, and Bakugo glancing up at the sky, at the birds chirping from the crowns of fresh leaf trees, back at Kirishima. Coming out, it ain't a prerequisite to belong. Not even to feel proud, really. You belong. Pride is yours, too. Full stop. Shit, I never came out. Got less than zero fucks to give about what people think my deal is. It's enough that I know, and that you know. Doesn't make me less ace, or less gay now, does it? Again, Kirishima shakes his head. No, never, his heart clenching at the implication alone. And he doesn't mean to give Bakugo his puppy eyes, it just kind of happens. Bakugo catches the look, and rolls his eyes, a smirk touching his lips, as he reaches over and ruffles the sides of Kirishima's hair, more malleable than the spikes on top. See, there's no such thing as not by enough. If the label fits and feels good, cool. If it doesn't, fuck it. Ain't got shit to prove to anybody, eh? You're perfect just by being you, shitty hair and manly-ass heart, bisexual fucking shark teeth included. It strikes right at Kirishima's core, at the doubts and hurt he's been keeping inside, locked down tight and left to fester. Before Bakugo can pull away, Kirishima takes his hand and presses a kiss to the center of his palm where his skin is roughest. Same for you, Cuts. You're perfect to me, too. Bakugo's fingers twitch, cup Kirishima's jaw for a tender moment. Fucking sap. The insult is familiar, affectionate, like an extension of Kirishima's name. Their eyes meet. Kirishima snuggles into the touch to see Bakugo go red, just a little. Then Bakugo taps his cheek, feather soft. Tap tap, a silent bid to let him go. Come on, we got shit to discuss still. We do? Uh, yeah? Bakugo frowns at him, his grumpy-faced version of a pout. Can't have you being miserable all Pride Month long, the fuck? We're doing something about this. All at once, Kirishima's nerves are back. It's one thing to rationally grasp what Bakugo was saying about belonging and labels. It sure as hell made more sense coming from someone he trusts, rather than seeing it on his timeline, detached from himself. But that doesn't mean Kirishima's ready for any of it. Hold on, listen, I... I know I said I want to come out, but, um... Kiri, calm down, that's not... It's your decision, I ain't pushing you on that. Bakugo hesitates for a moment, a sliver of nervousness showing through the resolve in his red, red eyes, before he continues, leaning against the balustrade at his back. I meant more like, hmm, as a hypothetical scenario? 
Like, okay, you want to come out, but not yet. What's holding you back? Myself. It's on the tip of Kirishima's tongue, a knee-jerk answer. It's not a very helpful one, though, is it? Kirishima will have to deal with himself all of his life, and he has gotten better, even he knows that. There is more beyond that tired instinct to blame himself, even if it requires a great deal of focus to get to it. Completely hypothetically? A hundred percent, yeah. Promise. I guess I just... questions and stuff? I'll fold immediately if I gotta explain anything about this, and if even one person doesn't believe me. Just thinking about it hurts, I'm not gonna lie. Another bout of intense thinking from Bakugo. Thumb on his chin and everything, like they're plotting their way through an especially high-stakes scenario in Heroics class. So, you'd feel less pressed about it, if you knew how the idiot parade would react? Or at least that they'd keep their shit together for once and not make a fuss over it. Same with the rest of the class? I'm not worried about your moms here, they're the closest thing the world has to angels. Fucking Kirishimas. That last part is muttered under Bakugo's breath, so Kirishima is entirely certain he wasn't supposed to hear it. Biting back a pleased smile, Kirishima decides to have mercy on Bakugo and focus on their mission. Dude, yeah, even if it's bad, I'd be prepared for it. I'll only find out when it happens though, hence, meltdown. Bakugo flicks his finger at Kirishima's forehead so swiftly, he only registers it happened by the tiny sting it leaves behind. Cut yourself some goddamn slack already. You cried about it, so what? This ain't easy. But you read fucking riot, are you gonna quit just cause shit's tough? Kirishima huffs. The tides may take away his castle of sand. That doesn't mean he won't stubbornly rebuild it over and over and over again. What? No. Exactly. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna get you solid proof people won't be dickheads about it. And you come out whenever you want to come out. Problem solved. A kingdom for Bakugokatsuki's pragmatic take on absolutely everything. Kirishima can't even imagine how exactly he wants to pull any of that off. This is Bakugo, though. If there's someone who can find a way to prove the impossible, it's him. Breathing out a fond exhale, Kirishima finally lets his smile shine. Yeah, I can work with that. Bakugo smiles back, leans in close. With careful hands, he wipes away the remaining tears on Kirishima's cheeks. Bakugo's thumb brushes over the curve of Kirishima's lips before he presses a fleeting kiss there, made all the more precious by how rare it is. Good. The rest of that afternoon goes by peacefully. After Kirishima has patted at his own cheeks, okay, okay, I'm good now, and Bakugo has offered him a hand up, they pick themselves off the ground and eventually go for a jog. They make it back for an early dinner, Bakugo cooks, and Kirishima tries to be generally helpful. Soon thereafter, the squad is summoned by the delicious smell of the meat-heavy stew Bakugo is making. If they notice Kirishima's eyes are still a little red and puffy, they don't mention it. Not out loud, at least. They don't need to. It's enough to have Kaminari wink at him before he teases Bakugo about stuff he's teased him about a thousand times before. Sero butting in with their own commentary in perfect synchronicity. Ashiro drapes one arm around Kirishima's shoulders, shaking him a bit, and demanding a Mina Ijiro night in the very near future, over the backdrop of Bakugo's growls and crackling palms. Between plating their food and sitting down to eat, Kirishima sees Jiro wordlessly send him a link to a playlist of rock opera and punk tracks with a custom-made Riot Red cover image. Kirishima loves his friends so, so much. It's a full two days after the shark meme incident that Bakugo grabs Kirishima's hand after class, and drags him towards the dorms. In his unoccupied hand, he's got his phone, typing with surprising speed and accuracy, especially for someone who leaves people on red constantly, 
and replies along the line of alone, K, when he does bother outright acknowledging their existence. A second later, Kirishima's phone lights up with a notification from 1A's Discord server. Discord user, don't fucking at me. At everyone. Common room, now. Oh shit, it's happening. Kirishima doesn't even know what, just that something is happening. Uh, cats? Bro? Kirishima asks, trying and failing to sound casual and relaxed about said something going down in front of the entire class. Hmm? Bakugo looks up from mercilessly knife emoji reacting to every single reply he's getting. It's a me thing. You just gotta sit there. Or you can leave, I guess. It's your choice. From the way Bakugo's expression goes a bit guarded while he speaks, Kirishima deduces he should not leave. He gives Bakugo's hand a short squeeze. I'll stay. Thanks. By the time they let go of each other and step into Heights Alliance, half of 1A is already there, the rest arriving within seconds. All eyes roam over Bakugo, then over Kirishima like they expect life-threatening injuries to be a thing, a lost limb at the very least. Then, you're okay. Kaminari tackles both of them in a hug, one Kirishima leans into and Bakugo leans out of. Dudes, I thought we were gonna find one of you dead or something. Jeez, Bakubro, warn a class before you add everyone else into an early grave. Bakugo huffs and pushes Kaminari off, somewhat gently for his standards. Chill, it's been like ten minutes. Do I look like fucking Deku to you? Hey, comes from the green muttering blur that is a pacing Midoriya. That was one time, Kachan. From the couch nearest to him, Todoroki remarks, You fought a villain duel on your way to buy rope for the festival. Sipping loudly from a cup that looks like Momo's green tea. Wasn't even 10am. Well, okay, more than once, but still. Bakugo's loud bark of whatever cuts off what could have become a nauseatingly long list of weirdly grave injuries, knowing Midoriya. Still, Kirishima nudges Bakugo's elbow with his own, his pointed look making Bakugo grumble. Ugh, fine. Just take a fucking seat and listen the hell up. I got some shit to say. A moment later, finds Kirishima pushed into his favorite armchair, thus uprooting Ashiro, who sticks her tongue out at Bakugo and squeezes in next to him. With 1A gathering around them, some huddled together for comfort, some standing with their arms crossed and faces serious. Bakugo explosion jumps on the coffee table in their midst, effortlessly ignoring the resulting gasp of offense by Ida. Alright, dipshits, I will only say this fucking once. You will internalize it, be happy for me, and not yap anything too stupid. Got it? A confused round of frowns and nods. Bakugo stares them down for a moment longer, then his lips pull up into a smirk, daring and so very him. With a skipped heartbeat and suddenly wet eyes, Kirishima understands exactly what he's about to do. Perfect. Anyway. I'm gay and ace as fuck. This is your one and only chance to say something constructive about that. Otherwise, get lost and be idiot somewhere else. Midoriya's hand shoots up like they're getting quizzed on All Might trivia in class. Question. Can I congratulate you on coming out? A scoff from Bakugo. Tch. Whatever, nerd. Thanks. Uraraka is next in line, going as far as to snap her fingers to get Bakugo's attention before the others. Thank you for trusting us with this. I'm proud of you, Bakugo. You're fucking welcome. Anyone else? Heart pounding all the way up his throat, Kirishima can only sit there and watch the class dissolve into cheers and similar exclamations. Following a poke with one of her earphone jacks, Jiro raises the cup of tea she was nursing, grinning. Nice. I'll drink to that, bro. Bold Kaminari goes for another hug, yells, Welcome to the family- Oof. Bakugo's boot firmly planted in his face for his trouble. Keep trying, Pikachu. I'll kick your ass. 
for Kirishima, Kaminari's pitiful grown-up worth it fades into the background as Ashido uncharacteristically stays put and hugs him instead. You already knew, didn't you? She grins, black eyes glinting with joy, and Kirishima almost, almost tells her why. Aw, Kiri, you got stars in your eyes right now. That's so cute. Wiping a stray tear from his cheek, Kirishima laughs, searching for and finding Bakugo's gaze in the crowd. Bakugo pauses in fending off overly affectionate classmates to give him a smug smile and a raised eyebrow. Mission accomplished, Kirishima's mind fills in the words unsaid. And yeah, Kirishima loves Bakugo, loves him with everything he's got and more. I did, yeah. He's just the best, you know? And because Bakugo is Bakugo, he forces 1-8 to stop in the tracks of their full-blown excitement with a burst of flashy nitroglycerin sparks. Moment over, we're done here. Get off me, you clingy fucks. Again, Kirishima's hand is snatched up, and again, Bakugo pulls him along, out of the armchair and out of a laughing Ashido's half-hearted grip. No, my turn on the Kiri, bring him back. Nope, forget it, I'm out. Literally, Sero shouts after the two of them. Never one to let a good pun go to waste, even if it earns them an immediate middle finger from Bakugo. And a snort. It's too quiet for anyone but Kirishima to hear. He will make sure to report back to them that their year-long effort has paid off, and that they finally cracked Bakugo's grumpy facade with a witty comeback. For now, Kirishima grins and waves the class goodbye, barely able to wait until the elevator has closed its doors to attack Bakugo with a hug and a flurry of butterfly kisses. I can't believe you. You seriously just did that. Ah, that was so manly. Bakugo's feral smile is all the more beautiful up close, big and bright enough to compete with Kirishima's. What? Were you doubting me, huh? Like he's saying, you can lean on me. Told you I'll prove it. That you belong. You belong. You will always belong. Thank you. Thank you. I love you so much. Oh, man. Pulling Bakugo as close as he can get him, Kirishima feels their hearts beat, beat, beat away in their chests, and knows that he'll be okay. Knows that, whenever he is ready to take that leap of faith, there will be strong arms waiting to catch him. That there's a family there to welcome him home, come what may. And Bakugo, who came out to everyone with surefire confidence written in every gesture and word, stares at Kirishima, wide-eyed and ears touched by pink, he's blushing that hard. Love you too, he mutters. I always have, eh? Lighter than Kirishima has ever felt, for sure. And that's the end of this story. To those who are clicking off, thank you so much for listening to Pink, Lavender, Blue. And to those who are sticking around, get ready for quite some backstory. Um, This is definitely one of those stories that I wrote at a certain time in my life because I had a lot of things to process. And it gave me a lot of comfort. And I think those are the stories that usually stick in my mind or that I stay fond of for a very, very long time, just because they're not only a story that I wanted to tell, but also something that I did kind of to help myself and to figure out some stuff. So um, yeah, where do I even start with this one? So 2021, I think for a lot of people was a very weird year. Um, COVID had broken out the year before and we were all stuck at home and a lot of things were shifting. And for me during this time, um, not only was I questioning my career back then, I was in academia and I was uh, heavily thinking of quitting my PhD, which I later did and never regretted. (laughs) Thanks past me for that decision. 
Um, not only was that happening, but I also had a crush on one of my best friends. Um, and I think it was more than a crush. I really loved this person. Um, and I don't know how many people know this about me. I am demi-romantic and demisexual. So for me, um, love usually grows out of friendship. That's why I write Kiribaku the way I write it. <laughs> and that's why I always like, um, gravitate towards, you know, best friend to lover story because that usually is my story as well. Um, and in this case, I was very close with a fandom friend of mine. Uh, we talked daily and we had hung out and everything. We're very close for, I don't know, two or three years maybe at this point. And I'd fallen in love with them and I had told them my feelings uh, in spring of 2021. So I did actually take that leap. And the reason why I did it is because I am like fully convinced that, you know, you can only get a positive answer to a question you've actually asked. Obviously, there's a risk in asking someone or like saying, hey, could you imagine, you know, being more than just friends? Um, at the time, I was kind of exploring queer platonic relationships more for myself. I had already had two of those. Um... But I hadn't really, like, thought about cryptotonic relationships to that degree um, because, for me, they just happened that way. It wasn't something that I, s like, looked for on purpose. Um, and this was definitely the first, like, relationship that I wanted to approach in that way. So I had told my friend this, and they um, did not reply for three full days and my heart shattered so that was not fun um basically you know the risk in telling someone your feelings um and it being a close friendship is making someone uncomfortable or sending someone who's very conflict shy into kind of uh you know panic mode of how do i deal with this you know how do i refuse and say no without hurting the other person and um so that resulted in like my friend not replying to me for three days <laughs> and um yeah ghosting I don't I don't deal well with ghosting I have a bit of a dark past with that kind of stuff so that was not great and uh, that started more or less a year of like on and off like will we won't we be friends you know it was not a very pleasant time and at the time you know this was in so i wrote the story in may of 2021 i had i think it was like two months past you know me confessing my feelings and i think part of the reason why that was such a like shifting moment for me was not only because i later lost a friendship um because of it which i still find a huge waste to this day um but also because getting rejected in that way, you know, getting ghosted for three days. And then later on, my friend was not really emotionally available to me um, to talk through with them what happened and where we stand and where we want to go from here. And, you know, how to take this friendship back to where we were. And I never got really the chance of talking to them about this because they were that conflict shy that they it just stressed them out completely. 
which I am sorry for, but at the same time, I'm a very communicative person, so this didn't mix very well. And um, it was actually the first time in my life I felt ashamed for who I was. And it's kind of tough to say it out loud and like straight up like this, because back then I was just really upset and I didn't know why. And I just felt this like really disgusting feeling in like my gut that I am wrong, you know, and the way that I feel affection is wrong. And it never felt that way because um, I came out or like I realized I was bi um, at university where I didn't really experience like any sort of like biphobia, homophobia. I had like a very queer friendship group. So I had a very safe space to explore my identity and stuff like that. And this was the first moment where I was like, I had this thought of like, life would be easier if I wasn't like this. And it's it's emotionally tough for me because I've always been very proud of who I am. And like, being bisexual and being queer is something that is always and has always been tied to joy for me. So it was just not a feeling I was equipped to handle. And by the way, I don't think that my friend intended me to feel those feelings. Like, they didn't intend to, like, reject me, I think, to that deeper level. But we never got over that whole situation. And after two months of just, like, being ghosted on and off and, like, just having this, like, feeling of, oh my god, I completely ruined this friendship. Um, Pride Month came around and... I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> um, I was very deep in like heartbreak. Um, but then actually, I don't know why, there was this moment where... So I've always loved bisexual Kirishima, obviously, because I can project on him. And I love asexual Bakugo because I can project on him. <laughs> and I love the combination because I can project on them. Um, but specifically bisexual Kirishima, I've always wanted to write a story dedicated to him just because you know the way you relate to those labels and the way those labels um develop a meaning in your life I think is something incredibly personal and so what I decided to do that pride month I was feeling pretty miserable with myself and I was pretty you know down in the dumps and stuff so what I decided to do was to actually go back to the initial moment when I realized um, who I really am. And that was because I fell in love with my best friend. <laughs> As you can see, there's a pattern. Um, so I realized I was bisexual when I was 19. I was sitting on a couch and I was, I think we were hanging out, definitely in my, my, my best friend's like apartment. We were watching some stupid show and um, she made a joke and I just looked over at her and suddenly she was just like the best person in the world to me. And that hit me from completely left field. So I had grown up thinking I was completely straight, you know, if like, you know, someone hearing this is bisexual, you might, <laughs> you might know the struggle. And this was completely news to me. And I just completely fell for her in that moment. And, you know, I never told that friend I had feelings for her ever. Um, she was very straight. And 
these days she's ace so some realization happened there but i just really felt in my gut that like we were going nowhere on you know a romantic level um and still that moment never turned into something painful for me like i pined away for her for two whole years (laughs) um but that was never painful for me because it was such a like important time in my life and like I had so much to realize about myself first that I didn't like mind in a sense. Obviously, I would have wished, you know, to be together with a person I love. But like, we were already best friends. We were already close. And like, I felt like I needed time to like reconfigure my brain and like figure out like, what does this mean for me? I had grown up completely straight and like, I didn't ever think that I would be queer and stuff so I just had a lot of like thinking to do and basically in that painful moment in 2021 I just decided to go back to that and to um that moment of just pure joy and the time I took to experiment and to like kind of feel out this new skin and this new label that I found for myself and I wanted to write a story um that represented that because I don't think I've ever read anything like obviously because everyone's journey with this is different I never had read anything that hits the nail on the head in that sense for me so I decided to write it myself um so yeah that's that's the emotional core of this story and like I don't know when I look back on it and reading it just now I, th- I don't think it's, like, my most, like, technically skilled work um, and stuff. I remember struggling a bit with this thread when I was writing it just because there was so much emotion in it that, like, I was struggling to to keep it, like, simple and to to um, stay focused on on the, the, like, the central, like, thing that's happening and not just, like, drifting off into endless musings about bisexuality um and yeah so so it's not my technically my strongest work i i don't think but like it's definitely one of those stories um that i come back to once and again to kind of remind myself also that i got over that hard moment that things didn't turn out the way i wish they did like these days you know that friend I fell in love with in 2021. Um, we don't talk. I eventually told them I didn't deserve to be ghosted on and off and stuff. I just had to draw a line eventually. And yeah, that's kind of where that story ended, really. Um, it definitely made reading um, best friends to lovers stories quite hard for a while because in a lot of those stories... Um, the characters are very close. Let's say they're called Bakugo and Kirishima. <laughs> and um, there is this notion in that story that like, if you tell this very close friend your feelings, what's the worst that could happen, you know? And a lot of those stories deal with that fear of, you know, the worst case scenario, that the friendship breaks from it. And it is a risk and obviously you know i'm sitting here telling you that it does happen um but i never found myself regretting having having confessed my feelings because again like 
if you never ask the question, the answer will always be no. So putting yourself out there is really the only way of um, giving it a fair shot and like, you know, I don't know, trying at least. And I never regret trying, um, even if it hurt (laughs) and even if it didn't work out. Where I want to leave this off, I think, is by saying that um, loving someone is never wasted. Um, Loving someone is not hurting them. And love is never wrong. Like, even if that love goes nowhere, like, it's still valid and there's no shame in it, you know? And I really, like, learned it through all this mess. Um, And that's why I wrote the piece that I wrote. And that's why this story is tied to Pink Lavender Blue. I never put this stuff into words um, connected to the story before. So I'm sorry if that was very rambly and I hope it wasn't too dramatic to listen to. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining me. If you made it to this point, um, thanks for listening to my relationship drama. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.